0: Welcome to Partnerships for Social and Emotional Learning, a new series of podcasts from the Wallace Foundation. I'm Lucas Held, Director of Communications at Wallace, and I'm delighted to have you join us today. Today's episode will focus on the role of coaching in SEL instruction, and I'm really pleased to welcome our guests. We have Colleen Galvin-Labby, who is Lead Social-Emotional Learning Instructional Coach at Boston Public Schools. And we have Kimberly Williams. She's the former principal of Joyce Kilmer School in Boston and is now serving as Boston Public Schools Transformation School Leader at Edison K-8. through And thank you both very much for joining me. So during the first two years of the Pacelli Initiative, our communities found that having designated SEL coaches made a big difference in helping schools and OST programs deliver high quality SEL instruction. And in fact, Rand found that site leaders, that is principals and out of school time site leaders, both valued coaches more than other forms of support. So it was particularly valuable. So let's start by taking a closer look at what an SEL coach does and also who's been coached. So let's start with you, Kimberly. So when you were former principal at Joyce Kilmer School in Boston, uh, Colleen was your coach. Uh, So what did uh, she do to help you?
1: Hi, uh, thank you, Lucas. Thank you for having us. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I'm especially excited to be able to talk about coaching uh, in support of SEL in schools. Um, I have to tell you, Colleen was uh, invaluable uh, to me and to the Kilmer School. Uh, I think while we all understand the importance of social-emotional learning and how it prepares students to be self-regulated, to deal with their emotions, to have positive strategies that they can use way beyond, um, in in our particular instance, the K-8 to years, but in every aspect of their life, Um, as a school leader... I'm always juggling multiple hats, multiple jobs. You know, at any given moment, I could be the custodian and the secretary. Um, Obviously, both of them do their jobs well, and I appreciate them. But you never know what the day will bring. And so um, balancing the many demands of, you know, being an instructional leader and ensuring such a critical uh, component of our work, SEL, happens. Having a coach just makes that possible. It really makes it practical. And, and specifically,
0: just to follow up, Kimberly, what, what difference did the coaching make in your work? How did it change uh, your work or strengthen it?
1: Sure. Uh, Colleen would come to the school at least one day a week. Um, that would allow her to give direct support to teachers. Um, she supported me in our social emotional learning action plan, which was monitored by our social emotional learning leadership team at the school. So the leadership team would meet once a month. Colleen would not only come to those meetings, but she'd help me as a school leader monitor a multi-step action plan, which allowed us to embed SEL in everything that we did across the building. So she would, um, in addition to that, she would also support our teachers directly in their rollout of the SEL curriculum. So she might be on the ground um, supporting circles and classrooms, giving teachers guidance and support on how to improve or how to troubleshoot or deal with an issue in real time. And then one of our key levers was she helped us to incorporate common SEL language throughout our entire school so that our specialists and support staff also played a role in how SEL uh, moved throughout the building.
0: That's really helpful. So individual coaching for you, coaching for teachers, and a kind of common language to uh, unite these efforts. Uh, So Colleen, we've heard from Kimberly. how do you think about your your work as as a coach? What 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 does being a coach mean for SEL?
2: It's very intertwined, you know, between working you know as part of the grant, as part of the district, so system level, um, but then also really the direct support to the schools, which is where the meat and potatoes are, you know. So instructional coaching in this case, I am coaching specifically around supporting the schoolwide goals of implementation. And as we know, you know, systemwide plans always look beautiful and wonderful, but implementation of something is much more difficult and messy. You're dealing with, you know, the resources of time and people and materials. So, it's really my job is to kind of synthesize all those things to help create a meaningful action plan that is authentic to the school and support the school-wide goals of implementation. In this case, those three goals were implementation of an SEL curriculum. In this case, that's open circle. Integration of SEL, so um, through the structures and routines of the classrooms, but also integrating it across academics. And um, at the Kilmer, that was around using the BPS SEL standards to help write goals Uh, We started that with integrating those in their writing units, and it has grown across all academic areas. And then the third, as Kimberly mentioned, was integrating the SEL aligned practice so that that common SEL language is being used by all staff, both in and out of school. That includes the Playworks coach um, and our other community partners, that work with students from the Kilmer before school and after school. And that's really where you're seeing um, that through line, that seamless SEL instruction uh, for students throughout the day.
0: So it sounds like a lot of focus on uh, implementation. I think one of the things your comment raises is it's easy to put down a plan that looks beautifully structured, but there are likely to be issues that uh, Uh, come up. Um, Either one of you want to share a a kind of specific thing that came up and uh, uh, to which you, through the coaching, kind of thought through a solution or helped a a group of teachers?
2: You know, number one, I'm an educator. I have multiple licenses in all different areas, um, including administration. I've worked for the past 10 years in the Boston Public Schools. So that right there uniquely positioned me to earn the trust of my fellow teachers in the building. And I think that's something that is really, really important, you know, just from the the aspect of hiring coaches, instructional coaches, you want people who are going to be able to be, you know, not evaluators, but peer-to-peer coaches. Because, for example, um, in the in the goal of integrating SEL into academics, I needed to be able to work with teams of teachers and say, you know, because automatically it, it sounds like it's one more thing, yet another thing that we're asking teachers to do. And one more chunk of work to make happen, you know, to impact student learning. Um, so I had the unique ability to be able to go into without the principal. Um, Go into common planning time meetings with colleagues, my peers, and model and talk about what that looks like. You know, I, I always start with you're already doing it. We're just going to identify where you're doing it and strengthen it, and then monitor some progress, you know, create some goals and monitor practice along the way. It's also a private relationship. So people can speak freely. And again, earning their trust part of that work is around showing them that I'm competent. You know, this is not just about SEL. SEL is about everything we're doing. And in this case, it's around instruction and academics. So I could, you know, share my own writing units and point out where the SEL objectives live. I can model a guided reading lesson and point out where the SEL lives and help create goals. So I think just having had the experience of, being a teacher in a classroom, being a specialist um, and an instructional coach and um, in different leadership roles across the district definitely helped with building that trust. I would argue if you do not have that trust and build those relationships with the teachers in the building, you are literally not going to get anything done, not anything meaningful. you know. So it's around building the capacity and empowering teachers um, and that is the difficult part, but it's also the most exciting part and the funnest part for me.
0: Really uh, interesting example. You, you've spoken about building trust, about connecting the new practices to things that people are already doing. Uh, and, and it's sometimes said that for, uh, adult learning is really built on the idea of connecting new ideas to uh, existing, uh, existing ideas. And I'm also gathering that in a sense, you're helping people uh, uh, overcome their own resistance to uh, doing, as you said, one more thing.
2: Exactly right, yes.
0: Really interesting. So Kimberly, uh, from your perspective, any kind of specific uh, example uh, where we're kind of talking through something with a coach helped, uh, helped you engineer a solution?
1: Sure, and I'm, I'm sure I could think of uh, several examples. Uh, one thing that connects back to what Colleen just said was trying to get fidelity of implementation across multiple stakeholders, right so I want both the teachers the out of school time staff uh, support staff within the building that don't aren't responsible for classrooms themselves but support the whole building to get on board. I would say I sat down with Colleen and I noticed there were you know some teachers who were not as consistent with the open circle time throughout the week, and you never know like as I go in as an administrator and I'm thinking I'm being super supportive. It just feels like, is this evaluatory? Where is this going? (laughs) Why is this principal talking to me about this? You know, they know all of the demands I'm juggling. And so I would sit down with Colleen and say, you know, I'm really concerned that a few classrooms, it seems like they're not honoring their open circle time, that the SEL curriculum implementation isn't exactly where it needs to be. And then she could go in and provide that support. So we would talk through it. I would maybe as a school leader send out a spreadsheet or reminder in the weekly, um, you know, staff emails, remember, I need a copy of your schedule, I need to see where SEL lives twice a week, three times a week, you know, I would send maybe the accountability part of this where I would say, okay, you know, you have to make sure that SEL happens on the day when our coach is in the building. In addition, because some people who, you know, were hesitant, maybe they just this was not a strength of theirs initially, they would like to not have it on the day when the coach is there. So then they weren't being observed. And so I would do kind of this accountability piece as the principal, keeping it at the forefront of our mission and connecting it to our goals. And then Colleen could come in during those times in that schedule and and go in and actually support. And, and most of the time we found out that it was just, you know, some jitters or a, a little bit of a lack of understanding and that coaching would get them over the hump.
0: That's really helpful. So both of you are playing distinctive roles, one kind of goal setting and the other uh, kind of supporting uh, implementation, which... Uh, Colleen mentioned isn't to be taken for granted.
2: I think one thing to add to that as well. Um, we really in our roles did complement one another as far as implementation goes. Um, I think something that also really supported you know part of our job or part of my job as a coach and also for Kimberly as a school leader is to facilitate the adult learning and collaboration you know across each each team and um The way that I think we were very successful in doing so was the entire year, um, the professional development for teachers, the entire year was mapped out where it included SEL was a part of everything, whether it was about academics or culture and climate. Um, And the wonderful part was, you know, some of those I would facilitate for the school-wide staff, some would, you know, Kimberly would facilitate, but most of them we co-facilitated. So we were united as a team and saying, you know, we each play a different role here, but we are all on the same page working toward the same goals. And I think that was
1: very powerful based on feedback. I agree. I was exactly thinking of that um, after the last example um- you know, we would get teacher feedback on what they would need as a next step. Um, you know, Colleen would help to maneuver central office resources and additional research. And then together we would co-construct and co-facilitate professional development that allowed teachers to really um, map out what this would look like on the ground for students.
0: Really interesting. So, uh, and I'm reminding reminded of a uh, comment that Rand made in its study, and I'll quote Coaches have served as the glue between the system and the sites, enhancing communication and providing coherence in several communities. And uh, from from your description, that glue comes from both having a kind of um, uh, common language and practices and um, making sure the whole school community uh, and OST community is involved. And Kimberly, on, on that point, you had... Uh, told a story earlier about a meeting of the parent council uh, and maybe share that story because that may kind of extend the notion of glued uh, further outward in the community.
1: Absolutely. Um, One of our key levers under the grant and one of our um, SEL action plan items was to have common language um, across the whole school. And so, Colleen uh, masterfully sat down with our specialty staff, right? Like, they're not necessarily hosting circles, but they are with students weekly and supporting them in their SEL uh, practices. And so, she sat down with our specialty team and our out-of-school time partners and helped us to identify a common language within our open circle curriculum. Uh, We chose the words cooperation, calm breathing, positive self-talk, and positive leader, And so in addition to the lessons that the curriculum had within the classroom and the open circle lessons, all of the staff across the building were using those terms. So it'd be very typical to walk down the hallway. And as I saw students helping or being, you know, responsible and respectful of the learning of other classrooms, I would say, oh, my goodness, look at these positive leaders. Great job, everyone being a positive leader. And that would have been a lesson from Open Circle that they had already had. It would be the same language that the after-school director would use. And so, as, as you mentioned, it really blew me away when we got to our parent council meeting and we were giving our annual report on how SEL was working throughout the school. And parents immediately, like, they were so excited. They were, like, almost stopping the presentation. And when I shared the common language, they said, I just want you to know, like, this is working my kids are coming home and I mean, I had a parent who was in, of a kindergartner. I had a parent of like a first and second grader. I mean, these are young children who, you know, we know that they're getting these skills and we see how it's promoting it in the class, but you never really know if it's transferring to other, um, other settings, right? Is it something that they can use when they're on the playground? And is it something that they can use when they leave? And, uh, you know, I could only hold back my laughter as a parent said, I'm driving in the car and, you know, there's nothing but traffic. And I, I you know, here I am in the middle of road rage and my child from the back backseat says, mommy, it's OK. Positive self-talk. Tell yourself it'll be OK. <laughs>
2: and
1: I'm like, you know, I mean, that is a win. That is when SEL is, you know, and then other parents gave a similar examples. They said, you know, at night when, you know, we were doing things, they said, so we use the SEL um, standards and the SEL practices that BPS developed and have incorporated it into all of the SEL work we've been doing um, with Pacelli and through the grant um, and through the Wallace Foundation. And the parent says at night, we sit down, we read a book together and we do this. And I said, mommy, you know, this is like our closing ritual. You know, at wow. school, we have a closing <laughs> ritual. And really when we do this is, I mean, you, you know, talk about how this connects to literacy, vocabulary, language, right? How the SEL is supporting both their understanding of of routines and rituals and how they're using it to really calm down and self-regulate. I mean, there was no better, I feel like, you know, we, we certainly, the surveys give tremendous information and the reporting gives tremendous information back to the staff. But that to me was when I knew this was working.
0: That's a wonderful Story that kind of bringing to life uh, the idea of the kind of glue that a common vocabulary, if it's really understood and internalized, uh, can provide to help people uh, conceptualize, understand, and make sense of, of different, uh, of many situations that, that might share a common theme of whether it's rage or frustration or, or what have you. Wonderful story. Um, We'd be remiss if we didn't uh, mention uh, COVID-19 and and, and ask how uh, the pandemic has uh, affected uh, uh, the work around social and emotional learning, and uh, does it make it uh, less relevant, more relevant, different? um, And and maybe, Kimberly, let's uh, start with you and go to Colleen.
1: SEL became even more important, right? It's one thing to self-regulate when you're going through what you know, we could say is a normal day for a child. And now to have schooling be happening remotely and virtually, uh, you know, for parents to be overwhelmed and stressed, having to work from home, become the, you know, almost teachers in the home and homeschooling as partners for us, especially with our youngest children who can't always independently get online and get to Zooms and follow their schedules in a way that school provided a structure for normally. Um, So I have to say it was, you know, Thankfully, as an SEL school, we already had that as our focus. Once again, my coach coming through, there is Colleen sending supportive messages to the staff. She's providing me with the most current um, applications of our SEL curriculum virtually. Hey, this has been updated for virtual use. Here it is. I'm happy to come in and model with the staff. I think one of the things that it added into, you know, in addition to everything we've already talked about, which we did adapt for remote um, settings and for virtual settings, was it really shifted a goal for us, which was coming in the next year, is just SEL for adults. Right. And so how do we um, support the staff? So, you know, both the pandemic for COVID, but then the additional stress of, you know, racial turbulence in our country. And, you know, um, with the murder and death of George Floyd, we were opening up circles for adults around what this meant for them. You know, staff of color, white allies in our building, trying to, you know, process what they're seeing on TV and then every day, you know, click on a Zoom and support a student. Colleen was right there again, hand in hand. When we had our staff circles, she was there attending the circles with staff, sharing very authentically, you know, her own processing, how she's supporting. And, and mainly, I think for both of us, just acknowledging that it was a lot, right? The same strategies and skills that we were supporting students with, take a calm breath, let's deep breathe. This is a lot. And, you know, really praising and, you know, the accomplishments of our teacher, which, you know, just tremendously, you know, in a moment's notice went virtual and really supported our students. So SEL, you know, certainly was a big help in getting us through it and getting us into the transition. And it was something that guided us in our support to families, to staff and to students.
0: Thank you, Kimberly. So, Colleen, how has uh, the pandemic changed your approach to coaching?
2: So um, I just want to say, Kimberly, when you were um, describing that, I literally tears came to my eyes because it really was so moving, um, the work, you know, to be with staff now that you have built relationships with and to have, you know, this major shift and dual pandemics and making a really conscious effort to turn our support around adult SEL um, was kind of, kind of amazing, um, at least for me as an educator and as a human. Um, the Boston Public Schools did an amazing job gathering resources and sharing, us, sharing them with us in central office. My job was to sift through those and you know, share those resources with Kimberly and staff. We created Google Classrooms um, a website, also for you know parents to be able to access all of our resources around SEL um, and culturally responsive instruction. So um, that was probably the first shift. Um, over the summer, our team worked um, a lot of extra hours to create um, remote PD. So professional development for, first of all, the district. So the superintendent asked us to um, offer professional learning sessions to all of the school leaders in Boston, as well as all of the educators. And that was mandatory and expected for the entire district. So um, as Kimberly mentioned, the, uh, one of the, you know, the focus on SEL um we had a hashtag, it was hashtag Maslow before Bloom. So basically we were saying to leaders across the city, you know, we have to take a step back and look at what's really important here. And so that was kind of an amazing thing to be a part of as well, district-wide in Boston. And then it trickled down to schools and teachers. What we've seen in the Paselli schools is like Kimberly was saying, we already had so many things in place so many amazing structures were already in place and that knowledge base and the teachers. I mean, I could cry right now what I've witnessed this year, just observing teachers teach lessons in Zoom and the impact they're having on students across our Paselli schools. I feel like I'm learning more than anybody this year. So I'm inspired every day by, by how the adults have taken what they've learned and really shifted you know, I don't want to say it's business as usual because it's not at all, but they're taking the strategies and the practices and the knowledge, and they are really just have shifted the implementation to remote and hybrid learning. I would say I'm grateful to have these partnerships. Um, the school leaders are amazing. Um, Kimberly, as you know, has left the Kilmer to lead a transformation school. However, we're, we're still in touch. I'm still sharing resources. Re- resources Certainly we're friends, but she also calls if, you know, there's a consults needed. Um, so I think um, that's been the most wonderful part of all, is the seeing that our all that teaching and learning really can be applied across various settings and, you know, have success with it.
0: Well, thank you, Colleen, Um, and that's a great setup for um, the last question we wanted to ask both of you, which is um, what advice you would give other communities that that might be considering uh, whether to uh, invest in coaching as an element of their SEL work, Uh, and if so, who should it be available to? Uh, So let's start with you. Uh, Colleen, and then go to Kimberly.
2: So I think everybody should have an SEL instructional coach to be able to work with. I really do feel strongly (laughs) about that. Um, And, you know, as you've seen, you've read the report, the RAND report, Um, the data strongly supports um, the impact on adult learning, which then in turn impacts um, student learning. And that's why we're all here. So, um, and it doesn't mean, you know, you need to have a coach in your building one day a week, although that's ideal. Um, There are different models of coaching, you know, that we are also practicing to um, be able to give access to consultation and resources, um, you know, to other cohorts of schools. So I do believe, you know, around the goals of implementing aligning, you know, aligned practices for in and out of school to support students. Um, Conversations and private observation and feedback around integrating SEL across the school day and across academics, um, I think, is very valuable.
0: Thanks, Colleen. Uh, Kimberly, how about from your perspective? What What advice would you give a district considering investing in coaching for SEL?
1: Yes, um, you know, I agree with Colleen. I would say when you consider coaching as a lever for SEL you have to understand that you're going to get the outcomes and impact from that position and role. And so I think we're always balancing like what's fiscally responsible and which programs get what. I think, um, you know, some of the reasons I've already stated, when you have a coach, you have a person who helps keep the many competing demands that it helps to keep SEL at the center of the work that's happening. I think over time, you could release the amount of support that a coach gives, right? So it doesn't have to be a never ending position, but it could be more time in the first year, you know, a a different model. And we did the same things um, at the Kilmer and in the work that I did with Colleen. Um, Absolutely having that be a support for the school leader, you know, school leader, principal, heads of school positions are often very isolated, right? They're in a different role and position. And so, you know, I've talked specifically about all of our SEL frameworks and the curriculum and the common language and the impact, but just having that emotional thought partner, you know, in the building, being able to touch base and understanding what you're going through is so important. And it helps to sustain you and keep you going. And especially when you're adding such a, you know, important initiative and something that takes a lot to get off the ground in the beginning. um, It's really critically important.
0: Well, that's a a terrific uh, kind of summation uh, uh, to this great, great conversation. Some of the themes that I heard were um, the importance of coaching to um, successful implementation uh, of an effective program, which is uh, uh, is really where the rubber uh, uh, meets the road. I, I think we've also heard about um, different, slightly different roles that a coach may play uh, for a principal uh, and for teachers uh, who uh, might be wary of having, uh, as you said, Colleen, one more thing, but might feel better. Uh, If it's connected to things that they're already uh, already doing, I think the stories that you've told uh, uh, kind of bring bring this idea to life of what uh, glue can look like in terms of a common language broadly understood uh, across the school community, even to uh, parents.
1: Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Thank you, Lucas. And uh, just before we end the conversation, if I can give a huge shout out to all of the staff at the Kilmer K8, the teachers who did this work on the ground and the SEL leadership team. Uh, They really are the ones that made this a success. Family partnerships and students. And I just want to make sure that they hear that. Thank you. Amazing people. Yep.
0: Great. Thank you.